0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first podcast episode of Adam Budman's A-List. I've been running the site for a little while now, and so after about 200-odd text posts, I've um, decided to maybe try experimenting in uh, reviewing the movies in podcast format instead. So this is going to be my first experiment with it. And um, so for the first... um, little test here i'm going to be talking about a 1978 french zombie movie by jean roland called les raisons de l'Amour mort or the grapes of death and um not only is it a french zombie film but it's made by jean roland who um if you like trash movies you've probably encountered his name before because he's definitely done some awesome shit um Stuff up there includes things like, uh, Zombie Lake, which is... I'm probably going to talk a little bit about, actually, on the, um, second episode for this week. Uh, and so, um, yeah, Zombie Lake, pretty amazing. Um, he also did a bunch of just really weird vampire movies in the 70s. A lot of them have some really horrible titles, which I'll leave you to discover for yourselves. Um... but uh and i've also been told that he did this women in prison movie called the escapees i don't know if it's a women in prison movie but it's it's a prison movie and yeah that was from 1977 i guess and i've been recommended that so um i'll be checking that out once i can find a copy that's reasonably you know in a language that i understand um uh, so yeah no uh, grapes of death was my first jean-roland movie I think maybe I saw like a review of Zombie Lake first. Um and I knew that I was going to watch Zombie Lake because I knew it was related to movie number 2 of this week. Um but uh yeah, so I I went in kind of knowing the concept. Um it was I mean, it's it's not a hard movie to figure out. The plot is extremely light. Um and it it's kind of it really fits uh Roland's style because he, he really instead of having these really heavy horror stories, um he he's definitely one of the more stereotypically pretentious uh French horror directors because he he just will, you know it's it's atmosphere over like you know, hard characterization. You know, uh, there's another movie of his that I really like that I want to talk about at some point called The Iron Rose, and that one um, is most prominently remembered for just this scene where um, we just cut to... It's 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 set entirely in a cemetery. Uh, I don't want to give away too much of that movie, cause, especially because it's not the one we're talking about today, but, like, it, there's just a scene in that where we just look over and then there's just, there's just a clown and he's like putting flowers on the graves and like wandering around and it's fucking terrifying. And that's before the scary stuff happens, but, um, uh, no, so the, uh, <clears throat> yeah. So no, I, I, I've seen, I haven't seen all of Jean Roland's movies. Um, when it comes to European directors, I've definitely seen a lot more movies by Jess Franco and Bruno Mattai. Um, but I want, at, at some point before I die, I want to make sure that I see all of Sean Mulan's surviving movies. I mean, I, as far as I know, he also did, like, you know, hardcore porn. I can probably live without seeing that. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, really, there's, like I said, there's not a whole lot of story to The Grapes of Death. Um which unfortunately does not feature John Carradine, incidentally. I'm just going to answer that right out of the box. This movie has absolutely nothing to do with The Grapes of Wrath, either the novel or the movie. So, it's it's given that it's 1978, it's honestly surprising that John Carradine doesn't show up. But I guess maybe French movies were a bit outside his purview. Um, so, yeah, um basically we open up and there's like this guy riding around on like farm equipment on like this um vineyard and he's spraying pesticide on all of the grapes and like we're kind of just watching him like drive around and we start to hear his breathing and he's, like, breathing, you know, really heavily, and he's having he's having some obvious trouble. It's kind of like, oh, okay, what's going on here? But it's pretty easy to figure out that, you know, it's probably something to do with the pesticide. And, you know, then there's this guy who shows up, and he's like, you know, gotta be careful with your mask. I don't really remember all of the dialogue because the version that I watched for this review—I I, I should say this up front—so I've seen this movie several times with in French with English subtitles, um, so I kind of already know the dialogue in advance. Uh, but in this case, I ended up watching it actually on a version that was in French with I think Danish. Uh, subtitles so um, fortunately there's enough words in Danish that are cognates with English where I could kind of fill in the blanks and also like I can't really speak French so much anymore but I can still like understand French if people speak really simply and slowly and so there's not a whole lot of dialogue in this so you know I've, I was able to figure most of it out um, that I didn't immediately remember Um so yeah, anyway, we end up cutting to this girl and her friend who are traveling on this train through the French countryside, or it's it's possibly the Spanish countryside. Um, I think I remember seeing, um, you know, something that looked like Spanish in the subtitles, and I seem to remember them, you know, traveling in Spain. But anyway, um, so yeah, they're all alone on this train, and so, you know, they're having kind of a blast. It's like, oh man, we can like look in all the compartments and there's no people in there. And it's like, okay, that's cool, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I like train rides. I've only really ridden a train like probably two or three times. And, you know, I'm a writer, so I'm contractually obligated to enjoy train rides, especially through the countryside. And so, you know, this is if whether it's Spain or France, you know, this movie is extremely beautiful in its locales. So, you know, we're really feeling you know, the fun of the adventure that these two young women are having. And so, um yeah, but anyway, they end up making a stop, and the driver from the start of the film at the vineyard ends up getting aboard. And he's already really freaky, because he, like, you know... This entire train is empty, but he decides, like, oh man, I guess I'm going to go into main character lady's compartment... Which, it's like, if you are a young, attractive woman, or even just a woman in general, honestly, like, speaking from experience, you don't want to... Like, as a woman, I I have been there where I've been alone on some sort of transportation, and then there's just dudes who just insist on city near me, even though they have literally the rest of the vehicle to sit in. And it's like, um, okay. So, and then she starts noticing that his face is melting off. Which is fun. Um, It's it's funny, because the rate that these people turn into zombies in this movie, which I'll talk about, or try to talk about, like... Whether or not they really kind of count as zombies, it's kind of debatable, but they act like zombies, and it's very clear that they were written with zombie movies in mind. Um, specifically George Romero's. Because, uh, you know, it's not like there was an entire bootleg franchise that was all like ostensible sequels to Dawn of the Dead or something that was like 85 movies long. Anyway, um... So, yeah, no, like, despite the fact that this, we don't know how long ago that prologue took place, uh, we don't know how long it took for this guy to get to the train station, this guy starts turning into a zombie really fucking fast. Um, like, she just, like, looks up, he's, like, got kind of part of his ear hanging off, and she's just like, oh, ew. And then she, like, looks down at her book again, and then she looks up, and then, like, literally his cheek is, like, has, like, a huge gash in it. And he's just like, and she's just like, oh, Jesus Christ. And then she, like, looks down again. And then when she looks back up, like, his whole cheek is just, like, rotting off. And she's just like, okay, I should probably get the fuck out of here. Um, And so she, she runs, and basically she has to pull the emergency brakes when they're in the middle of nowhere. Because guess what? This dude has already killed her friend. So, yeah, um... So yeah, she's basically stuck in the middle of the French-slash-Spanish countryside uh, with a zombie after her, and uh, as she's about to find out, he's not the only zombie. So um, yeah, uh, it's kind of funny, because I was thinking at this point about how when I was a kid, I would kind of romanticize... This sort of thing where, like, you know, I'd be taking, like, a bus to a summer camp or, you know, I was on a train to myself going somewhere new and then, like, all of a sudden something, like, creepy and preternatural would happen and I would have to, like, keep myself safe as I wandered through this, like, desolate, empty landscape. And and then I got older and then I, I started, like, you know, having the ability to put myself in the heads of, like, protagonist lady from this movie. And I was like, you know, actually, let's not do that. Let's not do that ever. If I'm ever in the wilderness and I'm on a train and there's zombies there, like, I'm just going to assume that I'm dead. Like, that's kind of how real life works, unfortunately. But this lady is made of stronger stuff. Um, Maybe it's a French thing. I, I am a weak, sissy American lady. And, um, so... Yeah, she ends up, like, basically, like, wandering... She ends up, like, finding this farm. And... (laughs) Well, we already get a glimpse of this farmer dude's hand. So we already know that he's a zombie. Um... (laughs) And... So he... uh... She's just, like... She goes up to... She barges into their house. And it's this farmer and his daughter... And they look at her like, wow, fucking rude. Which, to be fair, I mean, she's literally barging into their house. And so she's basically, she says to them in no uncertain terms, there is a zombie out there, he killed my friend, there's no one else aboard the train, let me use your phone or car so I can get the police before he kills all of us. And the farmer guy just kind of stares at her. <laughs> and. So she's just like, okay then. And so she starts getting like more and more desperate. And then she like sees him drinking a glass of wine. Nudge, nudge. The wine is important, by the way. And so he's like got full zombie hand. And she's just like, well, shit. And. So then the daughter goes up to her and is just like, you know what? Why don't you spend the night here? (laughs) You could stay in my room. It's a great idea. And uh, so she goes up to her room and she sees that there is a dead body under a sheet. She goes over and it's the farmer's wife and her throat has been cut. And so anyway, the daughter is still apparently normal. um, And she's just like, listen, like, don't say anything. He's fucking crazy. we'll go down to the car together and get the police. And, of course, that doesn't work out. And basically, uh, long story short, uh, the farmer tells his daughter he gets his music choices from Pitchfork, which is my incredibly lame-ass way of saying that he impales her with a Pitchfork. Oh, and also he uh, rips her top open so we see her tits because it's a French zombie movie from the 70s. And if there is a person who you know, gets horribly killed, we have to see their tits first. These movies can be a little weird sometimes. In any case, um, so, uh, the, uh, farmer ends up confronting her when she goes out to the car and is basically just like, I don't want to be a zombie, I don't want to have to, like, live, with the knowledge that I killed my own family, so, like, run me over with my own truck, please. I mean, he's not, like, you know, that earnest about it, but, like, you know, and she complies, because, I mean, I guess, if I was in that situation, I do not necessarily know if I'd do the same thing, but, like, you know, dude has a good point. I would certainly hate to be a family-killing zombie, so, you know, fairly valid, I guess. So she ends up driving off. Um, She is confronted by another zombie, because she decides to park and get out of the car. Which, I mean, again, fair. You're looking for people who are not zombies. At that point, you've only really run into two zombies. Um, The farmer's daughter was apparently infected. That's why he tore her top open was just like, Look, she has a gross pussy bruise under her tit. And, um... Yeah, but she was still acting normal, so... I don't see why that meant death. But anyway... Uh, so... She ends up... Of course, you know, she goes back to the car... And of course it doesn't start. And so the zombie, you know, starts going full... Old lady from the happening... And starts, like, bashing the windows in with his head. And, um... So she runs away. Uh and she ends up escaping because i mean well she has a gun so she can shoot some of the zombies um she ends up encountering a blind girl who i guess was wandering a reasonable distance from her hometown um by herself or maybe it's that she was with her brother and her brother decided to go back to town for help I think that might be what they say um so yeah her brother's name is luca and her name is lucy and so she's like wandering around and like girl is just like okay fine i'll help you let's go back to your village she goes back to the village you know the sun is setting and um this movie again really really beautiful um i was i have not been to france or spain But I was getting flashbacks to um, this really awesome trip that I had once out to uh, Scotland, where I was out on the moors, you know, looking at mountains and stuff. And, uh, you know, um, just Europe is so beautiful. And that's not to say that, like, the U.S. is ugly, but it definitely can be. Um, And so... You know, it's, it's it like, you know, seeing the sunset and, like, dusk coming up over these, you know, French fields and swamps where there's, like, old, beaten down, like, brick structures from, like, God knows when and, like, huge rock piles and stuff like that. It's really awesome. And, you know, so eventually, of course, they finally get back to the village. And, of course, you know, when they get back, it's, it's night. And, uh... Everyone is dead, and the village is on fire. Uh, so, you know, main protagonist lady does her best to kind of make sure that Lucy doesn't know that everyone in her village is dead, usually in extremely horrible-looking ways, and they all have, you know, the telltale zombie wounds all over them. Um... She ends up freaking her out, though, because she's, like, so insistent. Excuse me. She's, like, so insistent on, you know, hiding the truth from her that eventually Lucy is just like, okay, you're clearly hiding something, just tell me what it is, and she ends up running off. And, um, so they, uh, she ends up getting reunited with Luca. And he's, of course, a zombie. Because, uh, again, this. I should have mentioned at the beginning, this movie hits a little hard sometimes. Um, it is definitely not really a haha trash film, even though I've been laughing at it. It's definitely one of the more harrowing ones out there. It's not as far as something like Last House on Dead End Street. Um,. But, it it you know, there's definitely some stuff up there that really kind of just grabs your feelings and just sort of twists them a bit. Uh, it takes its time with characterization, and um, it, uh, you know, doesn't really screw around, as in, like, nothing is sacred. So, you know, if you're going to have a character who we've known for at least 20 minutes finally be reunited with the brother that she's been looking for... Yeah, it's going to be really, really heart-wrenching and scary when he, you know, with a zombie face that she can't see, is, you know, like, he starts crying, and then it starts turning into him, like, giving this really creepy, maniacal laugh, and then he starts strangling her, and then we don't really see what happens after that, but, um, you know, next we see her, Uh, she's been crucified to a door and he chops her head, excuse me, and he chops her head off with an axe. So, uh, that's fun. Um, sorry, my allergies are kicking in. Uh, that's gonna be a thing. So, um, yeah. Oh, also, of course, he rips her top open because, you know, gotta have a couple sets of tits in the film. Um, so yeah, anyway, um, at the edge of town, protagonist lady ends up coming across a house where there's like this normal lady, and she's like really rich, and she's like also really creepy because <laughs> she's like, um, this this was kind of the dialogue that I had the most difficulty with, but I since I was able to figure things out later, it's I I kind of remembered some of the stuff she was saying. Um, it was you know. She's just being, like, unnaturally reassuring. She's just being, like, oh yeah, the zombies won't come in here. And it's like, okay, um, no way of knowing that. They probably actually will come in here, uh, if they manage to break the doors down, but they aren't attacking the house, so that's, that's odd. Um, it turns out that basically this lady is fucking crazy, and she, uh, will kidnap living people and use them as sacrifices to the zombies so they leave her alone. At least I think that's fundamentally what's happening. Um, She also will wander around town, like, with, like, these giant hunting dogs that never do anything. And, like... At one point when the zombies are like pinning protagonist lady to a wall, she just like grabs like a flaming piece of debris and is like jabbing it at her face and is like laughing about it. So she's just like weird. And and so um, then the kind of other main characters come in. There's these two hunters who um, they have been kind of like dealing with the zombies uh, as they've been working their way across the countryside and they uh, you know they have a lot of guns so they're relatively well eclip- equipped for you know dealing with zombie infestations and uh so anyway they end up coming into town and like rich lady ends up coming down and it's like well you can look over my body you can see that I'm not a zombie and so she just of course you know goes full nude and they're just kind of like. One guy. The one guy is like kind of impressed, but the other dude is just sort of like, ugh. God, why do I have to put up with this shit? <laughs> like, women taking their clothes off around me. What the fuck? And so, like. Yeah, anyway, they end up killing her. Uh, cause she's pretty much evil. And, um, so uh protagonist lady joins up with them, and they keep wandering, and they end up finding the vineyard from the beginning, and we find out that, like, manager dude who was warning people about the masks is actually main lady's boyfriend, and I don't really remember if um, she was going to visit him. I'm pretty positive that she was, because uh, otherwise this would just be an overwhelming coincidence that he just happens to work at this vineyard out in the middle of nowhere that she wanders across but anyway so yeah he invented this in case you haven't guessed so far like the hunters figure out it's like wait we haven't turned into zombies because like all the zombies drink wine and we only drink beer so there's something in the wine that's turning people into zombies and so basically like boyfriend guy is like yeah, uh, the new pesticide that I invented turns people into zombies, my bad. Uh, it's also turned me into a zombie, fun fact, because, again, kind of a gut-wrenching film. And uh, so, yeah, she she's kind of like, well, I mean, f- you know, I'll accept you anyway, and I think it's kind of like, you know, I'll get you to a doctor. This is um, the the first... Uh, of the not really the first but the the second one of the big signs that this is a pretentious french film that pops up near the end is there is actually like the main character lady is like staring at boyfriend dude and is like whispering shit them shit them shit them over and over again and it's like oh it's one of those movies (laughs) um and so uh yeah she um the hunters come in and they're like oh crap he's a zombie kill him and then she's like oh my god you killed my boyfriend i'm gonna kill you and then she does and then and then this is the other big pretentious french moment she looks up at one of the dead bodies that's in the rafters and then like blood drips on her face and she like gets all sexy about it as in like she's like making like pouty faces and is like has like a wistful look in her eyes, and it's it's just really funny kind of <laughs> because like you know we grew up with like this stereotype of pretentious French movies, and then like you know we have these images in our head like blood like like blood dripping slowly on a character's face, and then them just kind of like looking seemingly aroused by it. And then of course also it has to have a freeze frame that the the credits play over. And uh this freeze frame they caught her when she was looking more like annoyed by the blood than anything else. Like she's like, "Uh, oh, stop bleeding on me, jeez." <laughs> and so yeah, no, it's 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 a pretty great ending. Um and yeah no it's it's like i said i i i'm not sure if i really did that story justice and i said that it was a thin story but there's just there's a lot there even though the line there's probably like less than 50 lines of dialogue in the whole movie um it's still better than okroff which has like five lines of dialogue um and there's, I think, even less dialogue in movies like The Iron Rose uh, that jean Roland did, um, though he didn't do Ograf, I should specify that. Um, and so, yeah, it's, I'm not really sure if it's, you know, because it tries to really be, like, an art film, but I'm not really sure if it necessarily has a theme aside from maybe, like, some sort of environmentalist message, um, you know, like don't use pesticides that turn people into zombies hint hint monsanto um and so you know it's really focused really more on imagery than like big ideas um but you know just because of how it's composed and and put together and Really, the the acting is solid all throughout. Even though I assume most of these people basically just had bit parts in other European horror films throughout the rest of their careers, um, you know it. It just really feels like a really solid, professionally made movie. Even though you know you can see, you know the effects aren't super top notch. It's really kind of more how the effects are used because you know again it's like we don't want to see our loved ones, we don't want to see their faces melt off, you know? So, like, you build up these characters, and then, you know, like... And, and, it's, and that sort of balance is tough, because, like, you know, I... That is kind of one of the central tropes, I realize, of a lot of zombie stories, is you have the loved one who turns into a zombie, and then someone, whether it's the person that they're related to, or like a, a stranger who's in the party, who the pers- who like the loved one has to restrain. Like someone has to kill them because like there are very few zombie stories you probably noticed where the zombies are cured at the end. <laughs> like every there's there's kind of been that trope that like you know oh well they turned into a zombie but we'll just keep them in a box so that like you know we can cure them when the cure is invented, and you know that never really happens. I've never seen it happen anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't really know if this movie is supposed to be about the end of the world, though it's... because it's, I, I need to kind of break down how it's not really a traditional zombie movie. It's not an end-of-the-world story, because it's really about these events that are confined to this one area, because, um, again, the zombie-causing chemical is in the wine. So unless this wine is like exported globally, there's not really a threat of, you know, global zombification. Um, And the zombies don't appear to have the ability to infect each other. So, you know, it's just sort of this sad story about a bunch of people who just had this terrible shit happen to them because, you know... I guess they just didn't test their product closely enough? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's kind of a harsh theme, but I mean, you know, you really do got to be safe about these things. There's a lot of things that can go wrong in the worlds of chemical manufacturing. I don't really have a follow-up to that, so, um, really the, uh, only thing that I have to add to all this, um, is, uh, Aside from just reinforcing that it is a legitimately scary movie, even if you can feel how it's confined at times. um, (laughs) There's just one more thing that I have to just comment on that, you know, makes this movie sort of a very archetypical European horror movie. I have no idea if they mentioned this at the beginning, but we only learn main character lady's name in like the last 10 minutes her name is elizabeth and um yeah it's it's again one of those movies <laughs> it's like why should we know the main character's name like they're going to end up in a, an unhappy ending anyway like i mean anyone can die nothing is sacred like i said um so yeah it's it's a very good zombie movie that um you know is is not really conventional and i think that um the director really thought that he had something uh going on behind the scenes i think even if it was just like you know taking advantage of particularly beautiful scenes of nature and whatnot so i definitely recommend it and uh yeah